श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय श्री नृसिंग चतुर्सी महामहोत्सव की जाय बहुत प्रेम वेलकम एवरीवन that song that we sing about um Nishingadev, it's um is a very Gaudiya song also. You should know that. We've been talking a little bit about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh influence and uh, participation in appearance in influence over or within Gaudiya Vaishnavism, hmm? which is considerable as we've been hearing from many different angles among other things. Um, this is one of the th- themes that's been running through our discussions. So I should mention something about this song as well. It's uh, it's two different um, kind of songs put together. Uh, one song combined with uh, mantras and the mantras. Namaste, Narasinghaya. This comes first and then is the song. The uh, as I say, they come from different places. I don't know if there is another origin to the first set of prayers, but um, it was uh, sung by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself in Jagannath Puri. In Jagannath Puri, in the temple, the main temple, of course, is Jagannath, and there's a smaller Narasimha temple within that, uh, the, the uh, I forget the exact name of it, but the particular deity of Nishingadev. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, of course, went there and described the circumambulated the deity, and he sang these, these, these songs, Namaste, Narasimhaya, Palada, Palada. So, um, if it's uh, good enough for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it's good enough for us, is the point. He has a place in the Gaudiya tradition. And then, um, of course, Prabhupada gave us those prayers, as I mentioned, in, uh, in pursuit of the idea of, of protecting the Sankirtan, which, as we've heard, is, is a role that Nisringadev plays, as he does in general, play a protective role. Bhakti Vignamanasana, who, who um, removes <coughs> impediments in the way of bhakti, is the idea. The, um, the kind of lesser, fainter, more shadow of his own power to remove obstacles in the path of bhakti is manifest in the more uh, widely appreciated uh, Ganesh. Hmm? Ganesh is uh, worshipped by Hindus, especially businessmen, um, <laughs> because he's meant to and remove impediments on the path of material progress. But little did they know that Ganesh himself, if you look deeply, is devotee of Narasimhadev. Mm-hmm. Attaches himself to the feet of Narasimha, so he gets his power to remove obstacles in his own realm. Ganesh is, it means, Esha means controller or god, and Gana means the common people. So the God of the common people will be the one that fulfills their material ambitions. The God of the uncommon people, that's your God. He will destroy your material ambitions. (laughs) And particularly so in the form of uh, Nishingadev, as it turns out. So, excuse me. Um, 
you know, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saying this, uh, this these uh, verses uh, at that time, and uh, as I say, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for us. Um, and Prabhupada introduced it uh, along with this other part, which is part of the song of uh, Jayadev Goswami, found in Gita Govinda, some of you may know. And Gita Govinda is a very Gaudiya, Gaudiya text, to be sure. Um, of course, it um, appears through the pen of Jayadev Goswami and uh, prior to the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu drew upon it and brought out the meaning of it. Uh, Jaidev was a poet and a bard, a minstrel, and um, he was not uh, part of a system, if you will, of, of systematically teaching the ideals that uh, he was coming in touch with in his poetry. And uh, he's kind of somewhat like his, uh, a parallel with the Ramanuja Sampradaya, where you have these alawars, mystic poets, and so forth, that were writing and um, worshipping uh, Vishnu. And then Ramanuja came and systematized that and distributed it in his, uh, he, you know, gave it the form of Vedanta, Vishishtadvaita, writing about it and so forth. So, so Jaidev and uh, Chandidas. Uh, Who's the other famous one? Um, Vidyapati, their, their poems. Mahaprabhu would, would sing them, or he would hear them, sung uh, sections of their uh, poetry by Ramananda and Sarup Damodar to the end of his leela, when he was drifting deeply into into the attainment of his ideal to to, to take the position of Radha. So, very Gaudiya ideas there. Hmm. Um, and this song comes in that book, uh, Gita Govinda. It's the it's a it's an interesting um, song because it's the it's the kind of introduction to the Gita Govinda, which is all about the romantic life of Radha and Krishna, the transcendental romanticism that we call Madhurya Rasa, and, and in which the position of Radha takes um, takes precedence. And um, the book, it's a drama, poem, um, is preceded by this poem in which a number, well, ten, really, avatars are glorified. And um, so it's really kind of a prayer of tattva that prefaces the, the, a book uh, full of bhava. Hmm. Well, there's no, well, not much tattva there, it's all bhava. Um, Rasatattva, but uh, uh, what I mean by that is the song establishes the key point of tattva that the whole Bhagavatam uh, is uh, um, based around. It's the key that if you un- you can unlock the the way to understand the Bhagavatam, the Siddhanta, it, then that key is Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. So if you look at the Bhagavatam, other than that Krishna is the source of Narayan and Nishinga and all so forth, then you won't get the Gaudiya understanding from it. Hmm? And all the Bhava that comes from, from, from this and so forth. So he prefaces his book about Radha Krishna Lila with this song, which speaks about ten avatars in each one. He says, Kesha Vadrita, Nada Hari Rupa, 
जाय जगदीश हरे केशवरी दुबीना अब अब कुर्मा रूपा ब्रिगुपति रूपा एंड सो ऑन एंड सो फॉर्थ रामाशरी एंड सो ऑन सो ही सेइंग दैट दिस आर ऑल स्टैंड प्रॉपर्ली ऑल दिस आर ऑल एवेंटर्स ऑफ कृष्णा केशव एंड केशव ड्रीटा नारा हरि रूपा Krishna Keshava is mentioned really in each each one, so they are all expressions, partial expressions of Him. The full expression of which is then unfolds in the book, and the full expression of Krishna turns out to be rather empty, hmm? chasing after the love of Radha, uh, if you will, comparatively. So, <laughs> so uh, he's open for no, for discussion. Uh, he's he, if you've got any ideas for me, something like that. He's open for service. He can take full service. He's in great need, something like that. Great spiritual necessity. He who is full is full of need, need for counsel and and so forth. So this is this is our Krishna. He's he's the perfect object of service. He can take more than anybody. His necessity is is extraordinary. So uh, um, anyway, so you know, one of the verses of the song glorifies this notion that there's a kind of a development in the discussion of the avatars in the in the song from from aquatics, mina to reptiles, kurma uh, to uh, mammals, the varaha to half man, half animal. That's Bhagawan Narasimha, and we used to, you know, the, which animal, lion. We've talked about that and why and so forth, lion and the man. And then it comes to Brigupati, hmm? who's like a like a wild man. Uh, so he's fully a man, but he's a wild wild one. And then Brigupati goes to what? Uh, no, it goes to to to, you know, to Vamana. Vamana. Hmm? Vamana is a dwarf. Kind of a, you know, kind of a, what kind of a hobbit, you know? <laughs> so, love of man, different kinds of humans, as you know, and then uh, to, into the perfect man, Ram, hmm? to the wise man, the Buddha. Hmm? Well, before the Buddha, to the perfect man, Ram, you know, dharmically speaking, morally speaking, and so forth. Too. Then comes Balaram, the love-intoxicated man, uh, and uh, Buddha, the wise man, and then the Koki avatar at the end. But anyway, this uh, it's an interesting kind of evolutionary um, progression of avatars. There, it's sometimes thought to correspond with some type of some type of evolutionary development. In human society, so that's why Hinduism was thought when first kind of discovered in the West to um, well, not first, but in but in America to uh, the first came to America to be uh, it, it it kind of came to America at a time when when evolutionary theory was um, had made significant uh, gains in the um, Minds of the people, mid 1800s, I think, and um, Vivekananda was an emissary of Hinduism. Spoke at the uh, 
some kind of a big uh, parliament of world religions in Chicago, and uh, many pious uh, but educated Christians were. They wanted religion, but they were troubled by the evolutionary, the consequences of Darwinian thought uh, on their tradition. And uh, some forms of Buddhism and what Hinduism was, how it was represented by, by Vivekananda, gave them some hope, actually. And that's how Vedanta started to have a, get a foothold in America. And Buddhism too, hmm? and they pr- they presented the idea that they were not at odds with evolution. Hmm? That was their idea. Their idea was, we're evolution plus something like that. That's the way they presented it. Um, evolution wasn't very well understood then. So if you look at the writings of Vivekananda on it, you'll think, well, he didn't get it, you know. But at the time, it was quite uh, insightful and so forth. And, um, but. The discussion goes on, of course, but we have our points to make uh, <coughs> with regard to that also. But, it, but at any rate, the, the song has some, somewhat of a correspondence with that. Therefore, as I said, be, uh, I've said before, Spinoza said a long time ago that the Hindus were evolutionists long before, before, Dharma, or before Darwin. <laughs> uh, some type of acknowledgement of progression in long periods of time human development, and so forth. So, I wanted to open the floor here for any questions tonight. We've discussed a lot, and we're going to discuss the whole story tomorrow. I've introduced all the characters in my previous talks, and, and talked, as I said earlier, about the influence of Nishingadev and Gore Leela. Tomorrow we'll go into the storytelling of the Leela itself. Yes? So this morning you... Uh you mentioned that uh, Prahlad Maharaj Deva was Krishna, and that Krishna had come as Vishnu. So now we just sang this song, and you explained the song. And in the explanation, we're looking at Lord Deva as one of the incarnations. Is there a, uh, so? How should the Gaudiya look at, at Lord Deva, especially since he has so much influence? Is it Krishna in another manifestation? Or is it an incarnation? Mm-hmm. It's a little of both, <clears throat> and can be looked at from both both angles. One way to look at it, as I did mention, also that Prahlad is a Vaidhi Bhakta, <coughs> not a Rag Bhakta, although he has Rag. <coughs> um, that, that's another thing. Um, so the spectrum of Rag is wider than often people think we speak of it in in relation to the Brajalila, hmm? Vrindavan Lila, that kind of rag, which when Rupa Goswami explains Raghunuga Bhakti, he prefaces his explanation of Raghunuga Bhakti by his explanation of Ragatmika Bhakti, because Rag Anuga Rag Anuga means to follow the Rag of the Rag Atmikas, those who whose Rag is inborn. And rag means a passion for loving Krishna, like a friend, like a lover, like an intimate uh, servant whose servitude is, is um, tinged with, effect, with uh, friendly affection, or um, like, like a lover. Hmm? Samandanuga or Kamanuga. 
these two divisions. Then Rupa Goswami, when he says, you know, you're going to talk about Raghunuga Bhakti, first we need to talk about Ragatmika Bhakti, and he says, we're going to talk about the supermost expression of it. Hmm. So, it's not that Prahlad is like worshipping because only the scriptures say so. You know, he has natural uh, affection and so forth. But it's a Vaikuntha type. Hmm. So, um, or Vaidhi type, which is typical of Vaikuntha or Dwaraka, or there is a mix sometimes in Dwaraka, where you can find some Ramanujas. Hmm pursuit of the love of Rukmini and so forth, this kind of thing. Um, um, but um, but Prahlad is more typically characterized as a Vaidhi Bhakta, a Vishnu Bhakti. Hmm? And within Vishnu Bhakti, there is Krishna Bhakti. That is one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is within Krishna Bhakti, there is Vishnu Bhakti. The way in which people looked at it, that within Vishnu Bhakti there is Krishna Bhakti, is that Krishna is looked at from that perspective to be an avatar of Vishnu. Hmm? And for example, in Vaikuntha, on Janamastami, Narayana appears like Krishna. Hmm? I had a good fortune of going to Barakala in South India, to see the Janardhan deity on the on the beach, and he's like twenty feet long, lying down like this, Shalagram, you know, huge deity. And uh, on the different days of his appearance, then they somehow, you know, they decorate him in such a way you can understand. Oh, he's Nishinga. Oh, he's he's Baraha. Oh, he's Krishna. And uh, so on Janamastami, he looks like Krishna, you know, enough that you can recognize something like that. I forget if it was the Janamastami, maybe it was the Janamastami, I was there, hmm? must have been. Anyway, he was, I went there and he was like Gopal Krishna. Hmm, it was appropriate, <laughs> I thought, that he was, I was there, I was fortunate to have that kind of darshan. Hmm. <laughs> of Gopal and Vaikuntha, like Gopakumar, right? <laughs> as you hear in Brihad Bhagavatam, right? He went to Vaikuntha and he saw Narayan and then he saw him like Gopal and he said, Hey, Gopal! And people said, You can't talk to him like that here. This is, that's Narayan, you know. And then Narayan called him and said, hey, Come, let him come here, you know. Calm down. <laughs> Something like that. So, so Narayan will show this, this, this kind of uh, Lila hmm? of Krishna in 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 Vaikuntha. And the devotees will celebrate that and so forth. Indeed, uh, Gopakumar saw that there. This is different than the Lila, but it's a kind of a a form of it, an expression of it in Vaikuntha. So, uh, you know, as an aside, the whole idea that Krishna is the avatar of of Narayana, as much as we argue against that, we also agree with it. There is there is that angle of vision, hmm? but so we're inclusive as we, as we can be. <laughs> obviously, as given our philosophy, it's easy to be inclusive. Hmm? And, but there's good reason to be inclusive in terms of hmm, finding all the avatars fitting inside of Krishna. That's that's our reasoning for his his position as the fountainhead hmm, of all manifestations of divinity, the heart of divinity. 
So um, we accept that and acknowledge that. But and you may note that Gopal Kumar was not still fully at home with that. He had to go from there to Dwarka and from Dwarka back to Brajbhumi, and from there he entered into Golok. Hmm? And then he found himself going between Golok and 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 the Boma of Vrindavan and so forth. So it's an exciting future there. Um, so, and we could look at it in that way, that um, from that Krishna, <coughs> who Prahlad is worshipping as an avatar of of uh, Narasimha, or of Krishna, of Narayan, in Vishnu Bhakti, hmm? and that's what he, this is what he says, right, when Mishringadev asks him, what's the best thing you've learned in school? He says, Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaradam, Parasevanam, Marjanam, Vandanam, Dasim, Sakyam, Atmani, Vedanam, Itipum, Sapito, Vishnu, Bhaktis, Chennabalakshana, Kveti, Bhagavati, Adhatan, Vande, Dittam, Uttamam. So it's all about Vishnu Bhakti, the main expressions of Vishnu Bhakti and how to do them with Sharanagati. Hmm? Hmm? In a surrendered mood, in a prayerful mood and so forth. And so, <coughs> given that, um, emphasis on Vishnu Bhakti, this is one way to look at it. He worships Krishna. Because there are many, you find in the Vaidhi Bhakti Sampradayas, like uh, like take the Ramanuja Sampradaya, for example. They're not a Ragmarg Sampradaya, but a Vaidhi Bhakti Sampradaya, where they worship God, <coughs> not in intimacy, but in in, 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 in reverential love. Hmm? And still, that there are devotees of Ram there, devotees of Krishna, or this face of Narayan or another face of Narayan. Hmm? That's why it's sometimes the Vaikuntha is described in the plural as planets. Hmm? So many planets. So you saw Prabhupada did an artistic depiction of that and there's the Braha and the Shingha and this one and that one. So, so many different faces of Narayan, innumerable uh, faces. Which isn't difficult to understand as much as we have many faces ourselves. And people know us in different ways, and we have different outfits for them, and <laughs> ways of talking with them, and so on and so forth. So God is multifaceted as well. Hmm? So, so it could be looked at like this, and the Shringa coming out of the out of the Krishna that Prahlad is worshiping, who is a face of Narayan, because he's generally classified along with the followers of, um, along with the other avatars of Narayan. And in this song he is hmm, an avatar of, well, of Krishna, as much as Narayan is also an avatar of Krishna. Um, but, as I said, there are some peculiar things about him, that he's Sadaishvarya Purna, he shows all the six opulences. And um, some, you know, the Sadbuj form of, of Bhagwan. And there's a sadbuj form that was shown uh, by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu where he had six arms. Sad means six, buja means arm, six arms. Two arms of Krishna, like this. Two arms of Ram with a bow and an arrow. And the two arms of himself with the sannyas danda and the kamandal of the water bottle. He used to carry the water bottle. <laughs> Smart. Uh, <laughs> and so, but there's another sadbuj form with the same two arms of Krishna, 
two arms of Ram and, the t- and two arms of Nishinga. Hmm? But you won't find another Sadhguru with two arms of Braha. Or, so he's very special, um, kind of a twilight guy, you know, kind of <laughs> Sundium, you know, kind of in between, half man, half lion. Could go this way, could go that way. We just look at it in the highest sense, of course, in his presence of Gorlila, and, and, and so we don't find any other avatar of Vishnu, including Ramchandra, even that is, is that's anywhere nearly as prominent of a player in Gorlila as Nisringadeva. And as I said earlier, no other uh, description of an avatar in the Bhagavatam that um, covers as many chapters. In fact, uh, most of them will cover maybe one chapter or a part of one chapter. Hmm. And then Shingadev cho- the discussion covers really ten chapters, nine relating the story, and um, one kind of uh, at the end of which it's introduced. Hmm. In, in the discussion of impartiality that we talked about this morning, um, so there's ten. There's ten chapters, and I didn't mention that, of course, but the connection with the Leela of Nishinga, which involves the gatekeepers of Vaikuntha hmm, being cursed by the sages that we touched on this morning, that covers several chapters also earlier on in what, the third canto. Hmm? So that's all connected. You put it all together, it's, it's a sizable section of the Bhagavatam and no other avatar is given as much uh, attention hmm, by Sukadev as Nishinga. So he's a very special kind of in his own own tattva kind of uh, space <laughs> and and excuse me and the position of Prahlad as we've been mentioning is very pivotal pivotal hmm. it really embodies and uh, exemplifies <coughs> a kind of a interim goal if you will the, the ground of which his spiritual status, the ground of which has to become the ground of ours, on which a life in relation to Bhagavan will be will be built. Hmm. So he's he plays a very important role. He he's thought of as a as a sadhana siddha hmm. often, which is interesting and encouraging, helpful. Hmm. Who becomes perfect by practice? His story is told, I mentioned, in, 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 I think, in, maybe in the Nishinga Purana, hmm? that in a previous life he, he was, uh, had desired to have union with, uh, with um, the same prostitute that approached Haridas. We told that story this morning, right? And, um, well, I added that part, the same one, but anyway, with a with a prostitute, and uh, so, <laughs> fair enough. And so, they, uh, he went, you know, to find a secluded place. He was attracted to this working lady, and uh, said to be the oldest profession. <laughs> Women have been working for years. You know? <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> So they, uh, they they went for a secluded place, and they ended up, you know, in the forest. And they they found uh, a, a dilapidated old temple, 
It was not in use. Temple of Raha. And um, there they... We're, we're going to have uh, uh, intimacy and um, it, and they got in a discussion. Imagine this. got in a discussion with the prostitute. They had an argument and they ended up arguing all night and, and not actually... Um, engaging in the intimacy. Hmm? And uh, to see the parallel between Haridas. Hmm? He stayed up all night in the temple. Hmm? Haridas stayed up, the prostitute came to, d- to distract him, he stayed up all night chanting, and she waited for him to finish his rounds. Of course, when she dozed off, and when she woke up, he had another set of rounds he was chanting. And we told that this morning, so uh, this is this is a prelad in manifesting in, in, in Haridas, in Gaur-lila. Hmm? So back to the <coughs> Leela pr- prior to the Nisringa Leela, which is, which is a never-seen-before Leela kind of thing. So <coughs> he was in the Varaha temple, and they stayed up all night in the temple. It just so happened that it was a codice. So they stayed up all night in the temple of Vara- Vishnu Avatar, and um, they argued and who knows what it was about. It must have had some kind of theistic uh, <laughs> uh, twist to it or an angle to it, something like that. And so um, he, he, he was had a more elevated uh, birth in that life, so to speak, but as a result of that offense, that kind of intention to stay up arguing all night in the temple, he had to take birth in the family of Daityas. Daityas mean like the like Harnikasipu, materialistic people, hmm? uh, who were against God and so forth. So he's a Daitya. Krishna says in the Gita, among Daityas, I am Prahlad. Hmm? In the Gita. Hmm? And so it's that interesting contrast again between the, the, the Prahlad's the demon and he's the Krishna and the object of his love is the divine, the two are one. And different, which says something about divinity, of course, hmm? that he's, as we said this morning, impartial. Hmm? Impartial in general, but partial to devotion. So, if you have devotion, it doesn't matter what sector of society you may come from, he'll be partial to you, hmm? or he'll be impartial, it could be said in the other way, and, and accept service from, from anyone. Hmm? Uh, and many people think, oh, you have to have this and that in place. You have to have the right birth and all that worship Vishnu. That's literally just... This is another reason why it's so central to the Bhagavatam and so central to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as you know, establishing his philosophical, theological, and spiritual teachings, is also a social reformer. Hmm? He, he, he partook in social reform for the sake of... for the, the case of women in society. And... Um, Breaking down the uh, the artificial barriers created by caste um, considerations when they got in the way of real essential spirituality, mm-hmm. and so he accepted Haridas from the so-called outcast as the person who was the, 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 the who personified the the ideal of what he was about in terms of his method, the method to his madness, the chanting. Mm-hmm. So Namacharya, Haridas, and he was an outcast. Rupa and Sanatan were not from Muslim families, but they were outcasts. They were considered to have been contaminated because they worked for the uh, 
for the uh, in the, in the Muslim um, government, hmm? and they were his principal. Um, <coughs> the, the architects, really, of the Sampradaya. So these are just some examples. Um, and this Leela is all about that. Hmm? Hmm? Um, it's all about this essential spirituality, and you have the the caste Varnashram from the Varnashram perspective, the, the unqualified person to enter the temple and then the deity is personally coming to take care of him. Hmm. And that's what happened with, in Haridas too, of course. In Jagannath, he was not allowed in the Jagannath temple, so the walking Jagannath, Chaitanya, every day came to him for darshan, hmm. to see him. Right? So, um, so it's, it's very central leela to what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was teaching. Was, that is the Bhagavatam. Hmm. Uh, so uh, he anyway stayed up all night and he observed the Akadasi, but he was there with the wrong intention. So he had to take birth as a daity. But <coughs> being in the temple all night, the strict way to follow the Akadasi is to stay in the temple awake all night long. Hmm. On the eleventh day of the waning and the waxing of the moon to fast, they didn't eat anything hmm. for different reasons. They were preoccupied with something else, and then and then. The argument ensued, and there they were in the temple all night long, Vishnu temple, and uh, so he got the benefits of observing the Ekadasi, it's thought. Hmm. He got the, the bad birth in the family of Haranyakashipu, but hmm, he got a guru in the form of Narada. Hmm. We'll take that. Hmm. We can go with that. Uh, there's no material problem that cannot be overcome by good uh, sadhu-sangha. So this was the, the previous birth of Prahlad. It also speaks to us about the efficacy of, of bhakti, hmm? observance of the codice, for example, which is also very central to, uh, to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu emphasized it himself, personally, and, hmm, even to his mother. Hmm? At the time, Widows weren't, observe, weren't supposed to observe Akadasi, and he emphasized the point. In Puri, he emphasized the point also when it was questioned, how will we honor the Jagannath Prasad and observe Akadasi at the same time? And so then you pay your obeisances to the Prasad and fast. Hmm? And peace the next day, something like that. Hmm? So, another parallel. Does that help? Yeah. Yes, sir. You were talking about like the evolution of the avatars, and I'm wondering, is there some connection with that and the singing like de-evolution of humankind from Satya Yuga down to Kali Yuga, you know, from goodness to goodness mixed with passion? <coughs> Doesn't seem to cover that. Um, no, and there's and there's the song of Jayadev is discussing ten avatars. And there's the idea of Four yugas in a in a in a in a, in a um, increase of impiety and a, and a loss of competence and in all respects and, and so forth. So, um, uh, 
Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was the avatar for, for Kali Yuga, the very merciful one. Yes? The relationship with Guru Eternal, in the sense that um, you can take a spiritual master, and maybe in this life we don't complete our progress, so if we're coming back in other lives, we may have other spiritual masters. Um, but I, my understanding is the relationship with Guru is eternal. And I'm thinking of the story of Gopa Kumar. It seemed that his, not only was his mantra the same mantra, but every time he came back, he came back to his initiating guru. It's, it sounds like this. He's coming, repeatedly coming back and going higher. He's touching back with his burgeoning Diksha Guru. So I'm wondering if you could elaborate on that, and if there is some participation that we have in maintaining that relationship uh, to make it eternal, how could we do that? In other words, say I'm very attached that I have a relationship with Srila Prabhupada, and um, what can I do to make sure I keep that relationship? You don't have to do anything. If you're attached to him, then you'll keep it. <laughs> that's the whole point. That's, uh, that's the bond. But. Uh, we do find in the Gumbriya Bhagavatamrita that Gopu Kumar is initiated and he meets his guru here in Puri, he sees them and there's a few meetings and so forth. But then he does enter into the cosmic kind of um, experience of of going to Indraloka. No, where does he go? He goes, he goes everywhere anyway. Uh, into the, the spiritual planets he goes through. The... Uh, the um, Satilo, well, a kind of spiritual. The, the planets, the ideas, places, realms where there, there's only spiritual pursuit is is what everybody's doing, meditation and so forth. So, Buddhists have some ideas like this, like the Amitabha Buddha idea. I mean, you go there and everybody's like almost in nirvana or something. It's good, a good association. So, anyway, the Tapalok, Maharlok, Siddhalok. Hmm? General Oak, all these places. Uh, he, he goes through them. Hmm? Doesn't he goes from Earth? Does he go directly there? I think so. Hmm? Skipping over the Indraloka and this kind of thing. Hmm? Um, that's described in the first part of Brihad Bhagavatamrita. Hmm? One different realms, with the different types of bhakti. Are described. The second part is more describing the places. Hmm. So and he goes to there. He's uh, but he, there he's getting siksha hmm, from like um, what is his name? Um, yeah, Narada Muni. But um, I'm thinking of someone else. Huh? The, uh, like the Kumaras come and Pipalayana and so forth. So he has many Siksha Gurus. He goes to Dwaraka, he gets Narada and Uddhava hmm, as the Siksha Gurus. So there's a plurality of Gurus in his, his, his life also. Hmm. And, and yes, you, you may take initiation in this life and then you may take initiation in the next life and the next one, a couple. Um, so you have a relationship with all of them. That's one way to think about it. Hmm? 
all representations of Krishna devotees empowered to do that service. This is one idea. Or the other idea is that among them, you have a relation with one in terms of being in this group. And so others will come in your next life and help to fit you into that that group, something like that. But um, if you um, have guru bhakti, then hmm, attachment to your guru, then certainly you have uh, these attachments are not temporary. They're not based on temp- any temporary consideration, any mortal consideration. They're based on the pursuit of immortality, so they are enduring. Hmm? <coughs> and uh, you don't have to do anything about it, special. Right? Uh, the very uh, the question you ask, uh, the answer, yes, you will have. <laughs> so you feel like that, you want that. Hmm? The problem only becomes when you want that, and then you don't understand it properly. And then in the name of wanting that only to be with Prabhupada. Why only with Prabhupada? Prabhupada, guess what? Prabhupada's not alone. What are you going to do then when you get there? Hey, these other guys aren't supposed to be here, Prabhupada. You said, you know, <laughs> they are going to be there. Now what are you going to do? And so, and this is, this is the... Um, this is the very face of Kanishtadikari. Um, Kanishtadikar Bhakti. Hmm. Kanishtadikar Bhakti is that Bhakti that is characterized by not being able to appreciate the Vaishnavas. <coughs> hmm. and, 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 and where will you draw the line? Well, there are different shades of it. But wherever it's there, you know, you're still in the Kanishta place. You're still in the Kanishta place. Now, Kanishta is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It means you have some adhikar for bhakti. And some people are really good Kanishta adhikaris, so they're situated well on that platform. The only thing is that they have to be situated well such that as the progressive ideas of, of uttam bhakti, of, 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 of madhyam and and um, uttam understandings, for example, of, of guru and Vaishnavism and so forth, as they make their way naturally into the Kanishta's life, he or she has to be able to make the stretch to identify with them in progress. And progress will always be a little bit like, whoa, I don't, you know, wait a minute. I, especially the Kanishta will be, I thought it was like this. I got it all. Hmm? I know everything what to do. There's no more think. I don't have to think anymore. <laughs> you know, the, pay, the question, answers on page 108, here it is, you know. It's all answered, and this is the typical Kanishta. When you find out, it's not like that. Hmm? Yeah, the Kanishta wanted the answers, the truth, so he got it. And as it comes in this, this way, this is the truth, and that is not the truth. Hmm? Someone has to preach like that to get people on board. Hmm? They become broad-minded people in relation to ordinary thinking, but then then they can become trapped in the black and white type of thinking. When the fact of the matter is, that spirituality is quite gray. There's a lot of variety. Hmm? Nishta, I've said, I've, I've said, it's characterized by the path becoming straight. 
There's no more turns in the path. Well, the turns are when your practice is unsteady. And you go on the turn and go, I don't know if I'm going to... What's around the corner? I don't know if I want to go there. You know? and some, there are doubts and so forth. When the path is straight, then it's straight, but it's not narrow. Hmm. It's straight, but it's very broad. And, and, and um, what do you want to say? Is the, um, uh, you know, what you've memorized, the ideas become realized. Hmm? And, oh, there's a deeper meaning and different applications, other meanings than I, than I thought. I had some theoretical understanding. becomes a realization. You be, can you become confident and very humble at the same time? That's very interesting. There's a confidence that could be mistaken for pride. Prabhupada was very confident. <laughs> but very humble. This is an interesting... This is nishta. So, um, and this is the beginning, really, of of the intermediate stage, madhyam, adhikari. And so to go from that safe place, it's all safe here, let's just keep it like this. Hmm? This is an illusion. <laughs> this is a kanishtaka adhikari idea. It's all safe here. It's, a, it's all it's protected and don't let anybody in and don't, don't go out either. You know? <laughs> it's this controlled environment and so forth. Hmm? Hmm? And it's the, there may be other things, but this is the safe course. <coughs> so this has to, you have to grow beyond. And, and what it means is that moving from the Kanishta Adhikari position to the Madhya Madhikari position really is somewhat as disconcerting as it is to, to become a Kanishta Adhikari in the beginning. Hmm? And you think, well, it sounds interesting, but, you know, I'm not sure about that, you know. Krishna? You know, it's gone. I like those people, but but I, I'm not sure. And then if I do it, what will people think of me? I'll become a Krishna people. <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, I see you going through that, and then you make the leap, so to speak, right? And then you think, oh, it was it was great. I wish I had done it earlier, and so forth. But uh, progress works like this. It will look like we have more here, and there's an idea there that sounds interesting, but hmm, somewhat intangible. And but if you go there, you find oh, it's so tangible, and it's firm ground to stand on, and so forth. But that requires the pain that growth involves, hmm? growing pains. So when we close down, we don't want to make the pains. We don't want to have to think, hmm? and we realize. That Prabhupada said this, and he said that, and it's contradictory at different times. Well, I don't want to put that all together and just pick the things I like and keep with those and say I'm, the, you know, only following him kind of a thing. This is just an example. This is a Kanishtadikari mentality, and it and it typically, characteristically involves a lack of appreciation for Vaishnavas. So you could you could have somebody who you think well he's obviously the Madhyam Uttamadikari. he likes all the devotees he's very friendly to the devotees and and he loves you know let's say Prabhupada or something like that you know um, <coughs> you know obviously he's he's 
But on some other level, he's against other Vaishnavas because they're not in my group. This means Kanishta, he can't accommodate. Can't accommodate. I told somebody the other day that there was a time um, in ISKCON when uh, ISKCON decided that Sridhar Maharaj could have no role in ISKCON, contradictory contradictory to Prabhupada's ideas hmm, about that. And, of course, they justified that in their own way. And so those who had affinity for Sridhar Maharaj were not allowed to remain in the the group. The way that, uh, and and that on the basis of kind of like, well, Prabhupada wanted managed in a certain way, and we know that, and we know better what he wants, so we're going to keep that, and this will be a problem. So even if you were to say, this could be a problem managerially, and Prabhupada wanted it managed in a certain way, hmm, um, I have doubts about that. But anyway, if you, you want to make that argument, you could. That would be fine. And then you say, so let's say to primers, you have a penny for Shidamar, you want to hear from me, you should stay outside of ISKCON. <coughs> hmm? I think they could say that. Hmm? But then they'd have to say, and, and then we'll have, you know, that's another form, another expression of devotion to Prabhupada that includes devotion to Sridhar Maharaj. Wherever there's devotion to Prabhupada, we honor that. Hmm? We see this as a bona fide kind of a thing. You can have a Siksha Guru. You grew in that way. Cool. Okay. You do it over there, and, and we wish you the best. And, uh, and, uh, we get together sometimes, you know, we're all friends, and this is how spiritual life works, and and so forth. And indeed, if you are able to be successful, we're all now without Prabhupada, and so um, we have our different ideas on how to proceed. Um, and if you got better ideas and that shows up, we'll, we'll naturally, you know, want to take advantage of them and so forth. Hmm? That would have been the minimal, um, healthy way isn't it? I mean, it just, it just makes perfect sense. You see? This would be a sign of, of, a, of, a, of a madhyam conception. Hmm? But they had a kanishta idea instead. And so well, the lines are drawn, and it's bad, and the earth is flat, you know, and, and they just went too far over there. <laughs> and we don't know about them. As far as I know, they don't exist anymore, you know. <laughs> And we're all just, the world is here, you know, it's not out there. How do you know about that? Hmm? It's not safe, it's safe in here. This kind of idea. So, but meanwhile, they all love the Vaishnavas in there, <laughs> right? That's hmm? the only place they are. the only place they are, you know. Yeah, so this is a typical Kodeshtadikari um, conception. And then they have beautiful deity worship. That's also... That's not a bad, like I said, it's not a bad thing, but that's part of the Kanishta Adhikari. You can really identify. The deity is Krishna. Okay. And it works the same way. My guru, I love my guru. If, if, guru, if guru Maharaj tells me but to do it, but who are you? Well, Guru Maharaj, like, you know, I talk to him every day, you know, he told me he wants it. Like, well, when Guru Maharaj tells me, you know, then I'll accept it, you know. This is a Kanishta Adhikari. It's the same principle. The principle in the Bhagavatam is that the realization of the neophyte, the novice, is Krishna's God. Hmm? I can identify that, but I do not see the divinity manifest 
to the same degree would speak of more in the Vaishnava. And the teaching is, he's more in the Vaishnava than he is in the deity. And the reason we bow down to the deity is because some Vaishnava told us, you should bow down, that's Krishna. So where is he? He's in the heart of the Vaishnava. We can get him from the Vaishnava. So it's Vaishnavism. So the emphasis, and Krishna emphasizes it as well. And we're talking about it. It's Pralad-charit. When it comes to the Bhagavatam, the story of the Sringa that's told in 17 other Puranas and in the, in, in the mantra of wh- for whom is given in the Upanishads, when it comes to the Bhagavatam, it's no longer called the story of the Sringadev. It's called the character of Prahlad. Hmm? It's all about the Vaishnava, the devotee of Narsinga. Hmm? An emphasis on that. Hmm? That's very beautiful. <laughs> this is the Bhagavatam uh, perspective. Hmm. So, um, so, is there... I mean, it has its practical implications in the international community today. <laughs> but these, this is a science of how to look at, how to look at it. Hmm? And, and to say, probably one said, oh, they're all Kanishtadikaris, most of them. Hmm? He said like that about many of his, many of his godbrothers. And they were preaching, some of them opening temples and so forth. He didn't say that about Sridhar Marsh. Said, oh, he's a little different. If you hear from him, then you'll faint. What is his? What is his realization? And that would be a good idea. And could we arrange that? You know. And they made efforts and so forth. And in the end, he said, "You know, you can hear from him. My absence, you can for philosophy, which means shiksha. But at any rate, he did have some. Shridhar as well. Some of the godbrothers came to Shridhar and, and Prophet said. Once, oh, the God brothers, they're all just bell ringers. Bell ringers means they open temples, they're ringing the bells, but they don't understand Vaishnavism because he was a Vaishnav and he was doing the important work and preaching and they, they couldn't acknowledge it, they couldn't recognize it, they couldn't recognize his disciples as Vaishnavas. Hmm? They may have been Kanishtadikaris too, but they couldn't recognize them, they wouldn't eat from their hand what had been cooked by them. They, some of them were afraid that if they, if they got touched by the shadow of Prabhupada's disciples, they would have to take a bath in the Ganges because they had come from the West and meat-eating families or whatever. You ever read the Bhagavatam? There's ten chapters about a guy who was born, you know, in the family of Aranyakashipu. His name is Pralahada. He's got a lot of Aladini in him. A lot of Radha in Prahlad. Hmm? Hmm. The name is the same. Hmm? There's a lot of bhakti there, a lot of, a lot of love there. Hmm? Hmm. It, it, can, it can happen. <laughs> <laughs> and these were big sannyasis, acharjas, hmm? opening temples, and stuff. And they thought, if we get touched by the shadow of those people, uh, we lose something. I don't know. Hmm? Tell it to Prahlad, tell it to Nishingadev. So this is how Prabhupada. When he realized that, hmm, it took him time to realize that. Yeah, trying to interact with them and so forth. And and uh, in some instances the it, you know, he got reactions, responses from them that were just very telling to him. And so he reached a mature conclusion at a certain point, and that was it. There was a back and forth, and he would make efforts and so forth. And at a certain point, he just said, forget it. In the beginning, when I was in Los Angeles, then on Sundays, 
I would man the book table for the Sunday feast, the love feast, as it was called in the, in the 60s and the 70s. And, uh, and so uh, there was a book table. And Prabhupada sent to Los Angeles all these books from Gaudiya Manth, hmm? all their publications. I used to sell them at the book table to people. Hmm? Prabhupada personally sent them there. And we had his books, we had other books, and, and so forth. But at a certain point, in trying to cooperate, you know, they, I, some of my godbrothers also talk about this cooperation thing, you know. Well, you know, well, it's a good idea to cooperate. We'll cooperate, you know. I'm going to operate too, okay? You know, I'm going to just do what you said. That doesn't mean cooperation. You, know, you operate over there, I'll operate over here. How's that? Uh, or, or, you know, it's, it's a two-way thing. Cooperation just doesn't mean do whatever I say. Why aren't you cooperating? <laughs> well, you know, Prabhu, it works both ways. And so Prabhupada tried to cooperate, and there was just no, there was, there was no give and take. Hmm. Hmm. Prabhupada wrote to Tirtamarsh that he wanted to take sannyas. He said, well, and, and he had written his, his Bhagavatam. He wanted to publish it. And he said to me, he said, well, you know, talk about sannyas. You first you come and join the mission, then we'll talk about sannyas. As far as your books go, you know, we're doing Bhagavad books, so, you know, get it? We don't need your books. We got Bhagavad books. You ever heard of him? <laughs> to publish, so, you know, that, and probably just, well, that's the last of that, you know. I, I tried with them. He had other, and, and this was after. No, that was before. It was in the beginning. Then he had some other interactions with Tirta Maharaj and so forth, and finally he said, forget that. Write this guy off. That's what he he, he First he thought, well, you know, he was important, he was close to Bhakti Siddhanta in some ways. And when he understood his realization, then that was the end. There was no more pretense to cooperate or anything like that. Hmm? He wrote, he wrote, he wrote, said, I want to, I'd like to have a place for my American students at, you know, Yoga Pit, which Tirtha Maharaj was in charge of. He wrote to him, and uh, he said, and I will pay for the building, the guest house, and myself, you know, and so forth. He wouldn't allow it, have any Westerners come there. And then others politic to try to not hit, not allow him to buy any land in Mayapur. And say, hey, there were a certain while he just go, you know, well, you know, I won't use the hand expression that would be, <laughs> be the Western way of saying it, but, but he just, you know, that's it, forget that, these guys. That's his, a special mudra, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his, you know. So he said, they're all bell ringers, you know, they're all bell ringers, which means they can open temples, ring the bell, worship the deity, and so forth, but there's a dynamism of Vaishnavism, how to take the thing and give it a shape according to time and place and circumstances and make adjustments and, 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 and get results and so on and so forth, as he was doing in foreign countries and fulfilling the prophecy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when he couldn't be recognized. And so he called them bell ringers and that got back to some of them. They went to Sridhar Marsh, who he didn't call a bell ringer, who he had respect for. And... Uh, and they went to Sridhar Maharaj and said, look, you know, you got a relationship with this guy. He's calling us bell ringers. We're sannyas, we took sannyas before he even joined, you know. And he's calling us bell ringers. That's what they said to Sridhar Maharaj. They were complaining. Hmm. The very fact that they complained, whoever they were, shows they were Kanishtadikaris. And Sridhar Maharaj demonstrated, he said, bell ringers he's called you, is it the case? 
He said, you would do well to be bell ringers in his group. Hmm? He's got lots of temples and lots of bells to ring hmm? all over the world. Yeah. What he's doing, you know, you are, you know, that's a, it's something to be a bell ringer in his group. That would be glorious. Hmm? We were the bell ringers in his group, so we were glorious, but we're not meant, meant to remain bell ringers forever either, right? Hmm? This is the more the Kanishta orientation, and it's a good thing, but to make progress, that's this is the need of of the moment. Hmm? Hmm? <coughs> and that's disconcerting. Okay? You have to sacrifice, you have to you have to grow in your thinking, the conceptualization, and, and so forth. And so when the Kanishtakari is, 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 is the opportunity comes, then we resist it, we fight with it for a while, and hopefully we're successful and we're able to accommodate it and grow. And, and then things that we fought against ourselves mentally and so forth, but now we, we, can, we can laugh about, you know, and say, well, oh, gee, yes. <laughs> isn't it? So some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, by experience, this is what we were trying to do, kind of grow your, your bhakti, hmm? bigger idea. Hmm? And there's, there's more to go from here, too. So, so, but this is a big part, it's, and this is a, I'm just giving a very scientific explanation. I'm not finding fault, I'm just talking about the philosophy. The shoe fits, and you can wear it, you know. If you don't want to wear it, you should wear it. It's yours. <laughs> so, uh, we don't we we don't want a Kanishtadikari group. We don't want a Kanishtadikari um, notion, and uh, and Prabhupada preached in some ways Kanishtadikari Vaishnavism for good reasons because you got to start somewhere, <laughs> get some ground. You know, in, in some ways he preached in a, in a more black and white way, and and it was successful for the time. It, it won't be successful for the present time. The circumstances are, are entirely different, and uh, and um, there's a need hmm, to to go from a Kanishtadikari conception of guru to a Madhyamadikari conception, Uttamadikari conception of guru. Hmm. In particular, the Guru Tattva is a is a point that's a principle that's not well well understood, and it's it's ironic because. The, the principle of guru is is the is the the single most kind of liberating factor in our life. That person whose example we can learn from, and so on and so forth. But misunderstood, you will have the opposite effect. The opposite effect. Hmm? It will be the most binding force. And he would say, Gurudev said, Gurudev said. And every time you're saying Gurudev said, you're just binding yourself down further and further, and maybe even making offense by doing it. How can you be saying? And he, he did say it. Hmm? But how you understand it, misunderstand it, and how you misapply it, and so forth, hmm? it has the, it's counterproductive. Yes? So those of us who feel immediately current to spirituality, how do we avoid Kanishtas ourselves and saying we got the best no, but no, you don't have to worry about that. It's not like that because what you're saying is you're you're saying we like the madhyam conception, madhyam madhyam conception. This is what we're teaching. This is, what we're, and that is not a conception that says we're the only group. Hmm? You understand? 
it's not a conception that says it. We're not saying the same thing. Hmm? We're saying this is, you should honor all the Vaishnavas. And, you know, well, it's just your way. <laughs> no, that's not just our way. This, this is the way. You can't say, well, I say it's better that if you want, want to have me outside of the group because I have affinity for another Vaishnava who's my Siksha Guru, that at least you should have cordial relationships with me. This is my way. This is, you can't say, well, you're sectarian. We don't. It doesn't apply. Hmm. We're teaching. The way is non-sectarian, among other things. Sectarianism is, is typically Kanishta. Hmm. It's all right here only. The story of Nishringa is that God's everywhere, right? You think he might be in another temple even? <laughs> could, he, is he, could he possibly be in another Vaishnava's heart? Who the, who, who the color of whose cloth is not pink, but it's kind of orangish, you know? Uh, I mean, I, I went to... You know, it's, so this is everywhere. I mean, it's not just one group. I was in, in India at one time. I went to a, a moth, and uh, the guy looked at my cloth and said, What is this? Yeah. <laughs> I said, why don't you tell me what it is, okay? You know, no, it has to be this color, it has to be dyed exactly like this, you know, it has to be the color of a cow's tongue, and you know, and, you know. I said, okay, well, thanks for that information. You know. <laughs> yes? Let's follow on to the eternality of the question. So, if we take the example of someone like Shaman and the Pandit, he admits that he, his relationship with his guru, he maintained his relationship with the guru, didn't repudiate that at all, and yet he's in a different rasa altogether. So let's say, how does that work out on the other side? He's, he's in, say, Radha's group. He's interacting with the Catholic boys, and they still have an inter- eternal relationship in that sense, but they're in different groups. That's how that works. Yeah, it works like that in one sense, and it also works that the for... Shamananda, he was the disciple of Hrdai Chaitanya, who was the disciple of Goridas Pandit. They are Priyanarmasakas, so they are the friends of Krishna who are involved in his romantic affair, affairs, um, helping him. And they, and they have a they have a group leader hmm, in Sakiras, and then they have a group leader in Madhuryaras also. So, so they. Um, they have a direct relationship, like Lalita, or Vishaka, or Radha, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so, while Shamala became came into the Manjari Bhav, mm-hmm. um, there are some just really beautiful, to give an example, really beautiful statements of poetry of Raghunath Das describing Subal, mm-hmm. for example. Um, and how he is such a personification of love for Radha and so forth. So, so this, it's a happy group there. There's quite a bit of quite a bit of overlapping. Yeah. Yes. And on the exact opposite end of that, uh, how are you to look upon generally if if, if the circumstances such that. Shri Prabhupada brought out in Upadesa uh, Amrita in the purport where distinctions are made, Rupa is turning 
giving us <laughs> idea we can recognize the Utama and the, the Madhulatakari. And then that Purport Prabhupada brings out the point of you can accept initiation uh, from someone who's even Kanista or, or, or Madhya, but you won't progress very far under their insufficient guidance. So that's, that's on the other end of the spectrum altogether. Uh, how does that how does that play into the to the Sadika's life when he has that insufficient guidance? That means that at a certain point the guidance will be insufficient if the student progresses and he'll need more guidance. And so there's a there's a there's a safety valve for that or whatever, and that means he can have a six year guru. Hmm? Now if the guru's guidance is, is on a Kanishta level and it's 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 it was the fountain is like turned off. It's not nourishing him anymore because it's um, because of its nature. Then he has the opportunity, according to scripture, to take guidance, uh, you know, from a more advanced devotee. If the, but if the Kanishta guru objects, being a Kanishta and not you know trying to orientate himself, you know, towards a Madhyam um, position, or doesn't understand it theoretically, or whatever, then it becomes a problem. And then it becomes a Vaishnav Aparad. Then, 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 according to Jiva Goswami, he becomes qualified to be rejected <coughs> if he interferes with. If he's too sectarian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he if he doesn't allow the disciple, you know, these disciples aren't like your property or something like that. You know, we're just sharing the knowledge. <laughs> You know, that's the idea, trying to help somebody. It's not like I got a bunch of servants now, they got to do whatever I say, and, you know, this is pretty cool. It's not like that. You just want to help the people. If you can see someone can help, if you can see someone can't help and the disciple thinks that person can help, then you got to tell them, well, I disagree with you on that, I don't think he can help you. What are you going to do? I want to go anywhere. Then, you know, you do it. <laughs> so, next. Any other questions? You know, I mean, it's like that. What can you do? But all these intimidation, fear, whatever, or resistance, it's not very well thought out. Hmm. And it can, it can become, it, it, it can in some instances constitute an, an offense. So, so Jiva Goswami says that it, you know, if, the, if the guru is found to be insufficient in terms of knowledge or whatever, and uh, his example, then um, one can, has the opportunity to turn to a Siksha Guru. And if the previous Guru blocks that, and there's justification for, for um, rejecting him based on the statement of what is it, Vaishnava, I forget who, it's a famous verse, that uh, he interprets in that way. Hmm? In that instance, yeah, one who's not exhibiting the character of a Vaishnav, and he said this would be the character of a Vaishnav. That oh, you're you're getting help over there. Great, that helps me because I've got a lot to do over here, and uh, so he honors that, so to speak. But if not, then then he, and he becomes a problem, and he makes offense. Yes. When you were talking about the, the staying with the guru and, and his group, 
like you said. Um, so that relationship, though, it, it stays as a guru kind of relationship, as if you're assisting your guru in that group. Yeah, there's just like Subal has millions and millions of assistants. Hmm. You know, they're all following the, the, for example that that ideal, and then inside that there's leaders, group leaders, and it's similar, hmm. a little more intimate. Right. Hmm. And you don't just come on Sundays, so, so you see them all the time. <laughs> Something like that. But in principle, I mean, it's just very simple. As I said, you have affection for someone who's helped you in relation to that which is eternal, and so your relationship with them is eternal. How it will show up, even 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 before that person even may not have attained eternality in the full sense of the term, and it means life after life you'll be meeting with them, other Vaishnavas. Like Subal's always asking about that. You know, you'd be born in a family, and these people—it all makes sense, and we're all in it together. No one's going anywhere, mm-hmm. all right? Whatever exists will always exist. Whatever doesn't exist will never exist. So <coughs> we do need to get used to one another. <laughs> Some life you realize, see, I'm with these people, and this is why. Oh my God, see who I am, who they are, where are we. That's very comforting. Hmm. Oh, and that one's come again. Oh, and that one come again. And that's what's going on. Hmm. But I criticize Gaudiya too much. <laughs> There's lots of you are members hmm, of Gaudiya Even Papa's disciples coming back is Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can't criticize this God too much either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. So just the the operat that could be made in that scenario you were talking about that would be twofold. Then, wouldn't it? It'd be to the Vaishnav and also to the Bhakti yourself, right? Like, the faith of that disciple showing the, the Shiksha Guru. Yeah, threefold. You, 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 you offend the guru that you don't allow the disciple. You offend Bhakti Devi and you offend the disciple. <laughs> it's it's not good. Not good. Yes. Well, if, uh, I was thinking if the less qualified devotees also, the less qualified guru is also progressive and has a, a mudjana orientation of Guru Tantra, then there wouldn't be a problem. Right. Because he or she would know where the disciple might need to go for some instruction if he's not mm-hmm. uh, qualified to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Problem right. Well, he would be taking it there like Narada took Gopi Kumar to Uddhava. Uddhava, you yeah. need to hear from Uddhava. He's been right. there. Yeah. The Raj. Know he knows the Raj. so far, but him, he knows a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. There's in that trip with the Pranishta Adhikari who becomes Guru. He doesn't know that he's not qualified. <laughs> well, it depends. 
he could be an Uttam Kanishta and have a little understanding of, you know, his situation. Hmm. Though there's a Kanishta Kanishta, the Madhyam Kanishta, and the Uttam Kanishta. And then there's the Kanishta Madhyam, the Madhyam Madhyam, and the Uttam Madhyam, and then there's the Kanishta Uttam, and the Madhyam Uttam, and the Uttam Uttam. And there's the Uttam 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 Uttam. <laughs> I haven't told you about that one yet. <laughs> What's the time now? Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Okay, it's time for us to stop. Very nice to meet with you tomorrow. We have another day. <laughs> and uh, we'll tell the story, you know, of uh, the Shingadev, and uh, there's going to be some devotees who will be initiated. And and, uh, and what is the schedule? I think it's later in the day. Artic at noon and class at one. A little later because some devotees from Krishna Road are coming, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Sri Bhagavan Shingadev Ki Jai. Gaur Bhakti Bindaki Jai. Gaur Premanandi.